The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility. Gaming resources. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick, and this is Coach Speak. I want to talk a little bit of offensive line today and just kind of some of my observations, what I've noticed in, in recent years with this team, where I, I think they're going, where uh, I think they've been, and uh, just kind of connecting some dots and, and also kind of projecting a little bit of what might be happening, what might be going down in the future here. So um, let's start with this. When the Bengals drafted Jackson Carmen, uh, when first of all, when the word came out, because it was one of those things that even though they didn't have the first pick of the second round, it was like leaked during the day that that was going to be their guy. Um, I looked up my notes, um, and, and I'm pretty sure you can probably find it, but like I, I responded negatively on Twitter, like, ooh, I hope not. Um, but actually, you know what? I might have actually looked at my, I might have actually quoted my notes, uh, but. My, my first note on him. So when I when I evaluate a player, um, you know, like like most people that evaluate talent, I have uh, certain characteristics that I'm looking for, certain aspects that I'm looking for in every position. Um, and, you know, you rank them and, and you give them a, a numerical quality and all, all that sort of thing. But I don't like to do that right away. Um, I like to put on the first game I watch, I like to just watch it and just go completely like whatever comes to mind just right now um so i don't want to look for anything i'm just gonna watch the guy and just things that come to mind and you know the reason i do this is because sometimes you get so analytical about things that you you miss things that you might just kind of see or notice naturally um anyway uh that's a digression that i didn't need to make but anyway uh when i watched uh, Jackson Carmen in, in college. The first thing I wrote was not good, right? Um, and like, look, I went on and I watched more games and I and I dug a little bit deeper and I considered the uh, the hernia issue. Um, but the thing with Jackson Carmen was he just doesn't move well enough on the outside. And I think sometimes we think about. You know, sometimes we think about size more in terms of tackles. We think about, you know, guards because it's kind of a stereotype a bit that, you know, guards are, they pull and, you know, they move around a little bit. I mean, you know, stereotypes are the right word there. But, you know, we tend to think about those guys, even though even though teams will tackle, uh, pull tackles and things like that. But that's what I, I, I saw in him. I'm like, hey, you know, he's a big dude. He can take on, uh, you know, a bull rush, uh, which is something that, you know, they, they have other tackles that, that – struggle with that, Hakeem uh, and Jonah struggle with that sort of thing, but 
man, he, he just didn't have the feet on the outside. Uh, and then when I heard, oh, they're going to make him a guard, uh, it was kind of a, oh, all right, I can get on board with that. You know, he wasn't going to be my pick uh, there, but it, it wasn't something that I had considered in my process. Like, I wasn't thinking, yeah, maybe they can move him to guard. Um, but I, once I heard that, I, I was, I could see a world where that would work. Um, so, you know, I got on board with it. I'm like, all right. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll figure that out. Um, and then there was always the idea of, hey, they needed a right guard. Um, they needed a right tackle long term. You know, maybe this was getting him acclimated to the right side and he could become that right tackle. That was kind of where I was hoping he was going. Uh, obviously, you know, now it's like he can't play guard, but also he can't play uh, right side. So he's got to be a... Anyway. So that, that's what happened there. Now, I, I like I, I saw that and I thought, hey, he can move well in short spaces. I see why he's not a tackle, um, but I think he can have some, you know, they can find a role for him. Um, that hasn't worked out. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's a lot of personal characteristics um, that are things that we don't necessarily hear about in the in the process that you have to be around a guy uh, to, to really know about, to really evaluate. Um, I'm sure the back issues didn't help, uh, and, you know, that, that didn't help him come into shape shape into camp in good shape in that first year which he didn't um obviously that set him behind lost that job lost the job again you know lost another job in year two he's gonna lose another job uh this year uh jonah clearly walking away with that uh now i will say this when i watched cordell volson on film i saw a lot of the same things so i started to see that a little bit like all right they like these guys you know maybe they like the guys that play tackle um, but you can see some of the same things. That, hey, he's got the beef. He can take on uh, the pull rush. He moves well, but in a really tight, short area, right? Uh, you know, watching uh, Volson at North Coast State, I, you know, I, I didn't think he was a guy who should be playing tackle with the kind of feet to be out there. Um, so I think there are some similarities in those guys. And if you kind of go back and watch both of their college film, uh, you know, that might give you an idea of what type of tackles the, the Bengals might like to kick in because there are definitely some similarities there now in the past they they wanted to be a zone team you know and they and they came here and, and that was really Callahan's background it was a lot of is that Taylor's background uh certainly Frank Pollock's background uh was in the zone system and, and zone you tend to go for guys who are a little bit lighter who are a little bit lighter who are a little bit faster um and we know that they don't they haven't shown particular um interest if that's the right word, but they don't seem to really care uh, about arm length or get hung up on arm length as much as other teams are, right? And, you know, Jonah was right in that eh area. Akeem was right in that eh area. Uh, they went for both of those guys. Uh, look, Jonah's been a really good player, all right? Um, let me take the really up there. Jonah's been a good player. Jonah hasn't been what you hope you're getting you know, with, uh, I think it was the 12th overall pick he was, you know, maybe he hasn't been that, that, that guy you're hoping to get, um, but he's a good player, and he's going to be a good player in this league, he's going to be a good player right tackle for the Bengals this year, we've already gotten a, a, a look at that, I have a feeling he's going to play himself out, uh, you know, of, the, of a price tag that the Bengals are going to be able to do for, for him next year, um, but I think we'll go somewhere else, and, and he'll have success, if that's what it is, um, He's, he's a good tackle. He, he really is. And, you know, sack numbers last year be damned. Uh, there were some weird, fluky things going in, in on that. And that 
and also that number isn't really accurate when you actually watch the film either uh, if you understand path protections anywho um, so we can see that right, right? And, and I think Hakeem always kind of seemed like Jonah liked him you know I was like I always kind of saw him as a guy like alright well I don't think he's going to be the guy but I think he can be you know uh, a Jonah replacement well I really think uh, that's kind of understanding what he is too now look what happened with Hakeem uh, Hakeem got bumped into guard alright and some people frame it as well that's that the experiment they tried to move him to guard they didn't try to move him to guard they wanted him to tackle alright but what happened was he got hurt between his first and second year and he went on IR and they had a full depth chart you know of uh, of, of guys and, and they had a backup tackle and all this and in uh, Prince and look injuries happen Hakeem shows up and and he was a guy who, who stepped up and played out of position you know he was a four-year starter at offensive tackle three-year starter at left tackle one-year starter at right tackle in college um, I believe that's actually the same as Jonah um, but in Kansas instead of Alabama but like he hadn't played guard, but but he stepped into that role to try and help the team, and, and he helped them get to the Super Bowl. If they didn't have him, they were going to be much much worse off, you know. So we demonize him sometimes. Uh, he wasn't a very good guard, but like that wasn't the plan. That wasn't really his job. He was stepping up and he was trying to trying to help out, and he was doing better at that than they felt Isaiah Prince could. Um, or anybody else there out the street, or Jackson Carver for that uh, matter. Like, he was doing what he could do. Um, so, he should have been villainized for that. But that is why I I think you should look at it. Like I said, I think he's Jonah Light. That's why Jonah should be playing guard, because he did have all the same problems. He's going to get bull rushed. He's going to have to deal with a lot more power in there. Like, those guys aren't going to deal with power. Don't put them at guard where they're going to deal with have to deal with more power. It doesn't make any sense, all right? It, it, it didn't work. Um, so that's why, you know, when people say, oh, Jonah should play guard, like, and the, there were some fairly high-profile people saying that um, after the season. No, that's wrong. Like, Jonah can't play guard. Like, that, that's putting him in a worse position. It's putting him in, in a position that uh, accentuates his weakness. Don't do that. Um, and we've seen it with Hakeem. That gives you an idea of why you don't do that at that position. All right, so let's get into some other stuff now um, that we kind of set the set the scale, set the tone there. So looking at the offensive line this year, right, we have taken uh, – Jonah Williams was the best player in this offensive line two years ago, um, and, you know, now he's been villainized and, and whatever, right? But now he's going to go into what's been your weakest position, arguably, uh, for a long time in that right tackle spot. So you put Jonah in there. I think he's going to do a really good job in there for you, right? Um, you've got Kappa, who was a great signing last year, playing right next to him. So it helps to strengthen him, bolster him. Uh, right guard had been a, a trouble area before that. you got Ted Karras, all right, pro's pro, uh, you know, haberdasher extraordinaire. And, uh, you know, holding down the fort, excellent leadership there uh, at the center position. Cordell Wilson, I get he's a little on the old side, but hey, he's still coming into his, his second year. Played a ton of football in one year in the NFL, and um, you know, I, I expect. I, I'm not saying he's going to take some meteor, make some meteoric rise, but I expect Wilson to improve in year two. Um, 
as well, you know, and, and, and show some improvement there. And, you know, it's really going to help him being next to Orlando Brown. Uh, Orlando Brown now, you know, the, the arguably best player on that offensive line, you know, a very high-quality, high-caliber uh, NFL football player at that premium position of left tackle, you know, like like Karras, you know, from a, from a football family, you know, knows how to be a pro, excellent leader, people drawn to him in the locker room you're hearing, um, and, you know, a mammoth of a man, uh, unlike Jonah Williams, uh, a guy who definitely can't take on those bull rushes, uh, as we were talking about there. So, this is by far the best offensive line that Joe Burrow's had, but the best offensive line we've seen in Cincinnati in quite a while as well. Um, it, I mean, it's it's an exciting time to look at. Like, you've got a really good unit, a really good setup there um, when you are, uh, when you're looking at this offensive line. And, and as I was stalling for time there, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. A little, uh, you know, a little banter there. Anyway, um, I wanted to add that Orlando Brown has played next to Marshall Yanda and Joe Tooney in the league. Like he's, he's played next to some really good guards, um, and I do not expect Cordell Wilson to be one of those guys. Uh, but you know, we really got from Brown from from interviews that, that he thinks that that relationship, you know, and that bond with the right guard, excuse me, with the left guard, uh, is, that is really important. Um, so I, I do expect that to be a really positive force. Uh, in Cordell Wilson's favor as we move forward and as he, uh, you know, goes into year two and we're looking for improvement there. So, like, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good starting unit there. All right? Now, let's take a look at the depth. I might have jumped the gun a little bit because, like, we're seeing the Bengals are struggling to run the ball with these backups. Um, you know, they're not, they're not doing great um, overall. Uh, hey, one thing I didn't jump the gun with, though, tell you what, people were like, sometimes I, I, I point things out, people are just like, ah, well, that doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Hey, I'm wrong a lot. Me and, me and my boy Parker Blake, we got, we were we were right to be excited uh, seeing clips, early clips, of Max Sharping doing snaps in uh, <laughs> in camp, in camp practices, because he's out there, you know, and, and, and he's playing a lot, and he played, like, most of the game, I believe, the center in the last game. Um, and he looks like IOL four, baby. Like he is, uh, he's probably the best backup guard, and he's definitely the, the best backup center at this point. You know, but other than him, you get you got Trey's really an unproven commodity. Um, I, I thought Trey had some good moments, but not particularly at center. Like I, they played him a little bit of guard, and I thought he looked a little bit better, honestly. Um, obviously, there was some snap issues uh, when he was playing center uh, with the with the cadence and the snap count and things like that that are not uh, not so good. No bueno. Uh, ben Brown, an unknown quantity as well, but has shown some promise. He was a guy that I liked a lot coming out of, uh, of Ole Miss. Um, but man, Sharping looks like the, the, like the one really solid guy in there. Um, I like Cody Ford had some good moments as well. Um, you know, older guy can play tackle in a pinch. Um, maybe you don't want him to, but can in a pinch. You know, like we saw with Volson and um, uh, and Carmen. You know, he's one of those guys who played tackle uh, in college and, and, you know, is converted. So, you know, maybe he's a guy that fits into that type of model for them. You know, again, bigger, beefier guy. Can take on uh, bull rush and things like that. So, yeah. Um, 
So I don't know. Maybe he gets into that conversation too. Um, you know, maybe it's Brown for potential. But yeah, not a ton going on, on the inside. We're, everybody's talking about Deontay Smith. Like he's he had some good pass pro snaps. Like okay, he's been around for a while. He isn't. You know, he's kind of stuck around. He's not getting on the field. Um, you know, even when they had these really bad situations, and they get the development occurs, development takes place. Uh, you know, we have, you know, as we talk about, and, and I never want to sell a guy short, um, but we haven't really seen Deontay Smith, you know, in in live action against against the dudes. Um, so we don't know what that's going to look like. We know what it looks like for Akeem, and for Akeem as an offensive tackle, it's not bad. You know, when you're not going against, uh, you know absolute dudes of dudes, right? Um, you know, the Chris Joneses of the world that everybody's going to struggle with. Akeem's okay at tackle. Um, so, that's really the, you know, the, the big thing for me is, you know, just that consistency and knowing what you have in him, him and, and being able to kind of trust it. I think Hakeem is a sure thing to make this roster. I think he's the swing tackle uh, on this roster. I think Deontay Smith, you know, is, is the next guy I, I look at there. Uh, for the developmental purposes, and you know, maybe they try him at the swing tackle right away. But it, again, it's, it's a, a bit of an unknown. So I think you want to have Hakeem in your back pocket um, in a uh, you know emergency situation. Uh, I think you definitely want to have him around. And then we get to Jackson Carmen. Like just kind of financially, it doesn't really make any sense to cut him. Um, he is he has looked good as a run blocker. And he's pretty cheap, you know. Like you're not really gaining much by by cutting him. I don't think you're getting much by trading him. I think he's the fourth tight end, you know. Like he's gonna wear 79, and I don't see him going off for a pass anytime soon. But I think I think they keep him around, and I don't know if he's gonna be active all the time. Um, but if he's active, I think he's the he's the tight end that you bring in. Uh, when you are running the ball in those short yard situations. And I think putting that guy next to Orlando Brown makes a pretty good little, uh, you, you get some pretty good movement on that edge there. Um, so I think that could be who he is and what his role is uh, for the season, right? Just like, you, know, you don't like the guy. I get it. Reasons not to like the guy personally. Definitely reasons not to like the guy as a football player as well. Um, but he's there. What are you gonna do about him? What are you gonna What are you gonna do? You know, some, a lot of times you ah, cut, cut him, cut him. Well, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. You know, sometimes you can get something out of them um, that exceeds the value of that roster spot, um, and that might be what his lunch is. You know, and he's the backup left tackle in a, when you've lost a couple of tackles. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's uh, that's my feelings about it. That's where I think they're at currently with the offensive line. Sorry, this is uh, not the greatest sound quality of all time, and I do apologize for that. Uh, but it is what it is uh, at this point. So anyway, I'm Matt Minnick. This is Coach Speak. I've rambled on long enough. Hootay!